So uh, it was a few years ago, uh, many years ago in my previous incarnation here in North Gore. So we were in North Gore and then we went to live on a ship for four years and then we came back, well, in, in my previous incarnation here. Um, I went on a, a thing known as a mud run with my sister-in-law who sat here this morning and uh, it, it was... Uh, I'd never done anything like that before, I'd, uh, but I was you know, trying to get fit. As you can see, I quit that enterprise a while ago, but at that time, I was trying to get fit, and so I did a couch to 5K, and then I ran a 10K, and then I ended up running a half marathon around North Gore, just without any water, running shoes. I just started running in a Forrest Gump style and nearly died. Um, but anyway, after all that, um, I, I did a... A, a mud run and I remember stumbling like I'd run but I'd never run in mud and there's something very different about running along with your feet feeling like they're 50 pounds each because of the mud and the water and uh, I noticed one I, you know and so I was exhausted I would have happily quit I'd have happily stopped but there was there was this moment in the course I can still remember it, it was a shady area there were trees and as I walked through this as I oh, walked, yeah, ran, no, it was walked, yeah, and as I walked through the dog leg um, from this point to that point through these shady trees, I could see around the corner and I could see that there was a crowd of spectators there watching and waiting and something magical happened at that moment that I was stumbling along, suddenly my, my, my spine got straighter and my stride got stronger and I started doing this as I rounded the corner because there were spectators there and, and what I realised is that when someone is watching I might think I've reached my limit when I know that someone is watching I will work harder and when someone is watching I will run faster and when someone is watching I can lift more right um, uh, uh, there was a, um, a video I watched on Facebook, uh, on the reels, and uh, it was during a football game, and the camera um, on this short video zoomed in on a random couple in the stands, and you see that he's got his arms around her, and he's reaching over for a kiss, but then they realize that the camera is on them, and within a heartbeat, his eyes widen, he removes his arm from this lady, and uh, he kind of moves over a few inches to the side. Because when someone is watching, we stop doing what we know we shouldn't be doing. And then I'm sat at home and I'm watching TV. Suddenly, uh, I can hear mum and dad as they pull into the driveway. And I leap off the sofa and I grab the cleaning supplies. And I start cleaning the bathroom that should have been finished three hours ago. Because when someone is watching, I start doing what I should have been doing but I wasn't. Anyone resonate with any of those stories? Hopefully not the sports one where you're with someone in the stands, you know, but uh, yeah, we, we, all, we all resonate with that. Um, and so, so as we go through life, especially now in the social media age, is that we're all watching each other. I'm watching you, watching me, watching you, and you're watching me, watching you, watching me, and, uh, and if we know that someone is watching us, it can change the way we live. Many times, of course, in a negative way, but also many times in a positive way, that sometimes peer pressure can be a positive thing. Not always, 
but in many cases. And so with that in mind, let's turn uh, to our lectionary reading this morning, uh, which is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. You should have this uh, on a sheet in, in front of you. And I've just realized that if I have a microphone and a Bible and a Kindle, this isn't going to work, so I'm just going to read it straight off the Kindle. Um, but uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, which is on, on your sheet, it says this, Therefore, since we also have such a loud, large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. This here is the power of positive peer pressure straight from the mouth of the Bible. Since someone is watching you, you stop what you are doing. And who's watching us? Well, it says it's a large cloud of witnesses who are surrounding us, watching us, who are personally invested, it seems, in what you choose to do next. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 is actually the complete opposite of what we are told as a culture, that what you do in the privacy of your own home is your own business as long as you don't hurt anyone. You know, the whole, the, the, what the author of Hebrews is telling us is that what we do in private or in public is actually the business of a large group of people, a large cloud of witnesses. The big brother or big sister is actually watching you. And it is as we feel their eyes on us that we are empowered somehow to lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares. So knowing that there is a stadium of observers is a great motivator to stop doing what you shouldn't be doing. And it's a good incentive to start doing what you know that you should be doing. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 goes on to say this. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Now this race of life as we all know is not a sprint. It's a marathon and there will be times just like on that mud run when you are tempted to quit. When you want to step off to the side and stop the race. This is known in running circles as hitting the wall. And if you've seen the movie Run, Fat Boy Run, great film, love it. If you've seen that film, there's this wonderful moment where he's running and he hits the wall. He's running along and a, it's almost like a real wall kind of materializes in front of him and he has to get through it. This is, this is the wall and the wall is a mental block that you can only get through as you persevere. That by doing what your body is screaming for you to stop doing is the only way to get through by taking one more step. And it's as you keep going that you can get through this invisible barrier. Now, the odds of you getting through the wall are so much stronger if there are people who are cheering you on. And so friends following Jesus is a race of endurance. It's not for the faint-hearted, and it lies in front of each and every one of us. Whether you know Jesus as your friend and your Lord and your Savior, or you don't, this, uh, this race or the potential of the race lies in front of every one of us. And uh, knowing that there are people surrounding you who have run the race ahead of you is essential you know, to persevering and to keeping on going, to running with endurance. And so, who are the people who are watching you? Who are the people who are cheering you on? Well, there's this woman there called Susanna Wesley. She's cheering you on as a mother. Even though her neighbors burnt her fields 
and they stabbed her three milk cows and they called her children little devils. She's there cheering you on. And knowing that Susanna Wesley is there is essential to you running your race with endurance. Nadezhda Sloboda is there from Russia. After speaking about Jesus and starting a church, she was locked in a solitary, unheated cell for two months. And she was forced to lie on the floor because she was not allowed, not allowed any bedding, any sheets, any blankets. And this is after her five children were forcibly taken to an atheistic boarding school and her being imprisoned for four years. So knowing that Nadezhda is cheering you on is essential to you running your race with endurance. Who else is there? Pastor Florescu is there from R Romania. After being, after being physically beaten for his faith and after not sleeping for two weeks for, from fear of the starving rats that were forced into his cell, the Romanian police asked Pastor Florescu to give up the other members of his underground church. Uh, now he said no, and uh, frustrated at his unwillingness you know, to play along with them, they started to beat Pastor Florescu's 14-year-old son, telling Florescu that they would kill his son unless he gave up the other people in the church. Finally, half mad, Florescu said, Alexander, I must say what they want. I cannot bear your beatings anymore, to which Alexander replied, Father, don't do me the injustice of having a traitor as a parent. Stand strong. If they kill me, I will die with the words Jesus on my lips. And that's what happened next. He died with the, with the name Jesus on his next lips. So knowing that Pastor Florescu is there, knowing that Alexander Florescu, his son, is there cheering you on, is essential to you running your race with endurance. Hebrews 12 verse 1, Therefore, since we also have such a large, crowd, uh, large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that, is, that lies, lies in front of us. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now at this moment uh, in the teaching, I want to paint a picture of what Hebrews 12 is showing us. What is it that we're looking at in these first two verses? And so for this, I would invite you to look at the image on the sheet in front of you. If you don't uh, have a sheet, raise your hand and uh, we will get a sheet to you. But you, you should all have those, yeah? If you don't, raise your hand. Um, but what we have in, in front of you on that sheet is there's a picture, there's an image of you and I running with endurance the race that is marked out for us. You're running your race and I'm running my race. We're each in our own lane. And we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, of martyrs in the stands. Many of them have paid the ultimate price because a witness in the Bible is a martyr. They've already run their race and now they're watching you run yours. Now you're aware of them off to the side as you run your, your race. You know that they're there. You can hear them chant and cheer, it's worth it, don't quit now, 
you know, keep on going. And then as you can hear them, you know, there to the side, you look ahead and uh, you see Jesus at the finish line and he's waiting there for you. And so as you run, you keep your eyes on him. Yes, you can hear the people in the stands. You're aware of them, but your eyes are on Jesus. And as you're looking down, you know, the track at your lane, you can also see Jesus's lane. You have your lane and Jesus had his lane. And in Jesus's lane is all that he went through. Uh, him becoming human. You know, the virgin birth, his perfect life, the false accusations and the judgment and the beating and the suffering and the whipping and the scourging and the carrying of the cross to the place of the skull. You see all of this in Jesus's lane as you look down that track. And then you see, you know, the, the crucifixion and the jeering and, and the mocking and you see the darkness coming over the land and you see the weight of your sin being placed on Jesus's sinless body and perfect soul. You see him enduring the cross. You see him running on even though he more than anyone in this world could have stepped out of the race. There was no requirement for him to take part in this race and yet he did. You see the shame of the perfect son of God becoming sin for you and paying the ransom that will set you free uh, so that you can run your own race. You see all of this represented in Jesus's lane and with your eyes fixed on him who is now at the finish line, having endured the cross, despising the shame that it caused him. You see that Jesus is now full of joy. He's watching you run your race. And he's also watching the witnesses in the stand as they're cheering you on. And he looks back at the cross and he says, it was worth it. Don't quit now. Keep on going. This is what we see in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And friends, if you want to persevere, if you want to run with endurance the race that's marked out for you, you need to fix your eyes on Jesus who ran his race with endurance. Jesus, who's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Is there anything that you cannot go through when your eyes are fixed on Jesus? Is there any suffering that you cannot endure when your eyes are fixed on Jesus? Is there any path that is too hard for you when your eyes are fixed on Jesus? Is there any step of faith that is too big for you when your eyes are fixed on Jesus? Is there? Now let's pause for a moment and turn our, our eyes from, from Jesus. We're no longer focused on him. Instead, we're looking up into the stands and seeing who is it in the stands who is cheering you on. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 to 35 lists them. It says Gideon, it says Barak, it says Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel and the prophets. Verse 33, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength in weakness, became mighty in battle and put foreign armies to flight. Verse 35, women received their dead, raised to life again. These people in the stands represent what I'm calling superhuman success. 
success that can only be explained by God, which means that for you, when you run your race with endurance, fixing your eyes on Jesus, you are entering the world of miracles. You know, if, if you're living a faithless life, if you're living um, a life on the sidelines, this is a miracle-less life. It's a life of cynicism and judgment and skepticism. But if you're running the race, then this faith-filled long-distance run is a journey that is potentially full of miracles, of answers to prayer, of strange coincidences, and of overcoming in the power of God. This race of faith is one where you open yourself up to God intervening in miraculous ways in your life. And you too can conquer kingdoms. You can administer justice. You can shut the mouths of lions. You can quench the raging of fire. You can see the dead come back to life. These people, from verse 32 to 35, represent superhuman success. And the pages of scripture are filled with such stories. And the pages of history as well. Verse number 32 says, And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about. And when the author of Hebrews write, writes this, that what they're saying is there's not enough time to tell you all of the stories, but the stories are there for you to read and access. So instead, to save time, the author of Hebrews just lists a bunch of examples, and you can do your own research afterwards. So that's superhuman success. If you look off to the side, you see superhuman success. But as we know, the life of faith isn't just about superhuman success. It's not just about overcoming. And as we heard from Susanna and Nadezhda and Alexander, sometimes it's more about enduring through the hard times than it is about success. Hebrews 11.35 says this, Other people were tortured, not accepting release so that they might gain a better resurrection. Interesting verse there. Others experienced mockings and scourgings as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they died by the sword. They wandered around in sheepskins, in goatskins. They were destitute, they were afflicted, they were, they were mistreated. Verse 38, listen to these words. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. Friends, we don't know what running this race entails for us. We don't know what's around the corner in our lane. We don't know what awaits us, whether it's seeing the God of miracles intervene supernaturally in our lives and do something incredible, or whether it's the miracle of God giving us the power to endure superhumanly, supernaturally. Or Maybe it's a mixture of the two. But either way, the call for every one of us who call Jesus our Lord is to endure. The call is to keep on going. Um, and our ability to endure increases exponentially as we listen to the stories of the faithful, as we read about them in books like Jesus Freaks uh, or in books like, uh, where is Fox's Book of Martyrs? in here somewhere. Just uh, all these wonderful resources that uh, we, we have access to as, as we read Watchman Needs, the normal, the normal Christian life. Here it is, as we read Fox's Book of Martyrs, as we read the 
life of Mr. Billy Graham, as we read the life of Mother Teresa, as we as we read the life of Margaret Davidson, as 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 we read the life of um, Rachel Scott, as we read all of these. These encourage us to keep on going, and all of these are available in the library, and you can sign them out if you want to be encouraged and to know how to endure. This is what inspires us to be faithful, and if you're at the moment of thinking that maybe it's time for you to quit, maybe you need to read a story about someone who endured. Verse number 39. All these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, so that they would not be made perfect without us. These, these two verses, what they tell us is that not only are we encouraged by the witnesses, but we also have a responsibility to the witnesses. Okay, wrap your head around that, that you have a responsibility to those uh, who have paid the ultimate price in the past because what verse 39 and 40 tells us is that your race is not a solo race. My race is not a solo race. In fact, we're part of a great team effort, a relay race, if you will. And so one of the reasons why the witnesses are watching you run is because somehow on some level, their success is bound up with your success. As verse 40 says, they would not be made perfect without us. And so for any of us who attempted for, to, to think for one moment that this life is about my personal relationship with God, Hebrews 11 kicks that idea straight over to the curb. There are martyrs, there are witnesses who are watching you both to encourage you and so that they can get the fullness and the, and the, and the completion of their own prize. Like I said at the beginning, knowing that someone is watching you changes how you live your life. And what we've seen through these few verses is that there is an entire history of believers watching you and as you read their stories, you are encouraged and these believers are watching Jesus as he watches you from the finishing line. And the power to keep going is given to you as you fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Last week we heard these words from uh, Hebrews 11 verse 1 and 2. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by this our ancestors were approved. The reality of what is hoped for. The proof of what is not seen. And what this tells us, friends, is that there is something beyond what we can access with our five senses. And unless you're one of the few people on earth who subscribes to a purely materialistic worldview where there is no soul or spiritual reality, then we would all agree that it's something beyond the physical that gives meaning to the physical. And the author of Hebrews tells us that the, this, this, this reality beyond the five senses is accessed only through faith. Faith is the reality of what is hoped for. It is the proof of what is not seen. And like we said last week, we believe that God is the architect and the builder of a, the city with foundations. And as we believe that, we have access to this city with foundations, even as we live in the campground of earth. 
And it's through faith that we follow Jesus as the pioneer and the perfecter. So we've got God as the, uh, as the architect and the builder. And we've got Jesus as the pioneer and the perfecter. So where does that lead us this morning? Hebrews 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we also have such a large crowd of wit- cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race marked out for us. Friends, your job this morning is to get off the sidelines and start running. Your job, as you can see in the diagram in front of you, is to fix your eyes on the martyrs, on the witnesses, the ones who are cheering in the stands who have gone ahead of you. And as we look at them up in the stands, we see where they are looking. And yes, they are looking back at us, but they're also looking at Jesus, who was the first one to finish the race. He was the pioneer. And they see him as he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And they know that, yes, he did it for them, but he also did it for you as you're running. He did it for the joy set before them. And part of that joy, yes, it is is sitting down at the right hand of God and knowing that all of his work is already done. That is part of the joy. But part of the joy of Jesus that kept him going through his hard time was that he would eventually get to watch you as you run your race in the footsteps of the witnesses. Because Jesus is the chief witness. He's the chief witness because he was the chief martyr. And he's the chief witness because he's watching you. He's watching you as you run your race. He knows that you need to run your race with encouragement from those people in the stands. And he knows that you need to run your race with responsibility. The responsibility to those people in the stands. Bearing the weight of knowing that somehow their fate and yours are bound up altogether. And as Jesus sees this incredible scene of the church throughout the ages, working together and encouraging each other and cheering each other on and being responsible to each other, Jesus experiences joy. This gives Jesus joy for the joy set before him. And so this morning, I don't know what you need to hear. Maybe you need to know that Jesus has already run his race and he's waiting at the finish line for you. He's waiting for you to finish your race. Maybe you need to know that without faith it's impossible to please God since the, 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 the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Maybe you need to know that there are books and stories that if you read them then you would believe in a God who is supernatural, who is the God of miracles and who is the God of superhuman endurance and he's with you in the middle of your trial. Maybe this morning what you need to hear is that there is more at stake than your personal walk with Jesus. But in a way that we cannot even begin to comprehend that we are literally all in this altogether. Maybe you need to hear that what you do matters for us all. That you are being watched. And maybe you need to hear that there are literally millions of people who are dead to this world but alive in Christ, who are invested in your journey and who are cheering you on. In God, we have an architect and a builder. In Jesus, we have a pioneer and a perfecter. So this morning, 
let us recommit to running with endurance the race that is marked out for us.